millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The year is with Red and Bobby. Oh, hello. Welcome to the year's podcast. Um... I'm recording this on July 29th, and in a couple days, me and Red are going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where we are doing some Yearis live shows. You should check that out. But we are going to be really stressed and busy while we are up there. So what we've done is we have got together for you a best of episode. So this episode that is coming up is all of the funniest, best moments from the however many episodes of this podcast that we've done. So, I hope you enjoy. Hello, Redophiles. Welcome back to the Year Is Podcast. With me, comedian Bobby Mayer, and my co-host... Red Richardson. Um, don't, yeah, don't, don't call them Redophiles. <laughs> no, they're, they're your fans. They're, they keep... not, they're fans of the pod. They're not Redophiles. I don't think anyone wants to be called that. They, we, listen, we've started a patron. We already have lots of patrons. If you haven't yep. signed up, you got to check it out. But we've started this, and mm. uh, a lot of people have messaged me and said, Hey, I'm a Redophile. <laughs> now, did they do that because on stage... In Cambridge on Saturday, when you got a better gig and couldn't open for me, I <laughs> wait. De- did you do that? I decided to open the show myself. Yeah, because I thought, how hard can it be? Yeah, okay. And what, what did you slag me off when I wasn't even there? No, I told them. Listen, my usual act, Red Richardson, got a better gig, but he has he doesn't like his fan base to be called Redophiles, but I'm trying to get it to catch on. So if you could, you know, send him a message. Oh no, no more of this crap. And say, hey, I'm now a Redophile. Mm -hmm. But nobody does it, I think, because literally the difference between the word Redophile and pedophile Mm. is one line. Yeah. Like the R and the P. It's one line. So if you, you know, and the R and the P... One letter, you mean? No, a P mm. is like a P, oh, yeah, 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 and then yeah. an R okay, is yeah. just one line. So oh, one, yeah. the difference between a fan of Red Richardson <laughs> and a pedophile is literally a very fine line. <laughs> like, fine. it's literally a thin, small line that separates your fan base, Redophiles, yep. from the most hated group in society. <laughs> But you know what? No risk, no reward. If you're not going to out yourself as a redophile and sign up to our Patreon, you're not going to get the benefits. No, and uh, you don't have to be called that. 
You can just be like, uh, you know, Reds. What? I'm a fan of Reds Year Is podcast. Yeah. That's a bit clunky. I know, but it's just nicer, isn't it? I'm a Redophile. <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm a, I'm a um, non-practicing Redophile. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hate yourself for it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, what's it called? It's not called non-practicing. Non-offending. Called, I'm a non-offending Redophile. <laughs> I'm a non-offending Redophile. I haven't I haven't been to a Red Richardson show. I've never actually seen Red Richardson do any comedy, but I think deep down mm. that I really like Red Richardson. And you burst into tears whenever you think about me. Yeah, yeah, and I have and to I live yourself. alone in the woods. <laughs> if there's anyone near me that looks kind of like Red, I really want to fuck him. I don't know what's going on, but if I see a guy with a mustache who's a bit just a bit curvy in the right way, I just start coming. I could go from flaccid i could go from i can ejaculate well flaccid if i see someone that looks like red richardson this is the start of the podcast yeah yeah i'm just mm. getting people in you know if this okay. is mm. if this is the first episode you've listened to you got to go back yeah there's yeah. some history this is episode 20 there is some history yeah, leading up to this episode so thank you everyone who's listened so far yeah if this is your first time listening uh this usually takes about 20 minutes for bobby to be this disgusting and we usually start with a few facts, but... Uh... No, 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 not anymore, not anymore. <laughs> You're going straight in. Um, we're going straight in. I think, I think we have to tell people about what happened when we were talking on the phone. Uh, I was on the phone to Bobby, having a bad weekend, and uh, this is a continuing thing, actually. We've talked about these things now three times on the pod. A man on an e-scooter crashed into a parked car, smashed his face open on the pavement, and I had to wait with him while we called an ambulance when there's blood everywhere. So this is the third e-scooter-related incident in three weeks. I really... How, what did his face look like? It was just complete split. Eyebrows split, black eyes, um, cuts under his eyes. He completely smacked against the curb. It was horrific. Really tough kid. He was like, he got his, he was like I sat him down, he got his phone out and... Rang someone was like, I'm going to be a bit later than I expected. I was like, that's pretty cool. (laughs) 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 But yeah, so this has been a roller coaster for e-scooters this this, this last few episodes. How old was this guy? He's 19. He was so much tougher than we'll ever be. Oh, mate, yeah. And I had to ask him, um, because I'm on the phone, they ask you. They ask you so many questions that you're like... They're like, is there any sort of flammable stuff? You're like, well, just cut. can you just send an ambulance? Do you know what I mean? I don't, like, when they're typing in the details, you go, is this going to, like, if I answer this wrong, you just won't send something? Like, can I just tell you, this guy's got blood coming out of his eyes, and can you just send someone, please? But there's a lot of, a lot of admin that goes into it. Um, but no, he was, he was very tough. Irish kid, all in one tracksuit. Didn't seem too bothered. And you saved his life. Not really. Because, like, yeah, we were on the phone. From my perspective, we're talking, and you said, are you all right, mate? And you went, oh, oh, God. Uh, okay, I got to go, Bobby. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, he literally looked up, and he was just <laughs> blood all over his face. It was horrible. Um, guy helped me out. It was weird. You know when you sort of bond with someone over something? There was another passerby, and we sort of stood there, and you kind of, I don't know. You, you didn't hardly spoke, but it was like, you know, you have that sort of moment. You, where you feel close to him. Yeah, I'll never see him again. I'll never speak to him again. But uh, the one thing I would say is uh, I think that guy that you called the ambulance for, whose eyes were bleeding mm. and crashed the e-scooter, is now a definitive non-offending retophile. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I got the feeling when I was looking at him, I was like, 
you're the sort of kid who's going to punch me in the back of the head on a bus in like three years because you won't remember me. No, but here's the thing. No, 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 no. He fits the – he fit. he's he's never seen you do comedy. Mm-hmm. He's never heard this podcast. Mm-hmm. But he's grateful to you. <laughs> and that makes him a non-offending redophile. <laughs> All the people in your life who like you mm-hmm. but haven't seen your comedy are non-offending redophiles. Yeah, that's probably true then. Your okay. wife? Can we, no, can we, she, no, she likes the comedy. Okay. She's, she's listened to some of the podcast, I think. She's just a redophile. She stopped listening because we did 1986, and I forgot to mention that was the year she was born. And, <laughs> and that was our first episode. So she's kind of kind of tapped out since then, but, you know. She supports the idea of what we're doing, you know? Yeah. She knows I go somewhere and sit in a room with you in a blue room. <laughs> I do feel, I always feel for the people who are just listening, they never get to see this beautiful studio we built. No, that's why you need to go on YouTube and watch it. Yeah, just hit the subscribe on the YouTube, you know? Yeah, why not? Well, also in uh, 1760, Bobby... Was uh, I, I'm not religious, um, but this feels like an act of God. Uh, a lightning strike causes a major fire at Portsmouth Royal Dockyard in England at a time when our navy was basically being used to crush um, other countries and colonize the world. A lightning bolt strikes one of the ships and burns and most the of the time, dockyard. Portsmouth, that was the biggest yeah, dock yeah, yeah. in the country. Yeah, Portsmouth, Southampton, you know, it's... That, to me, I think if I was in charge, I would go... And they're religious back then, you know? Religion was still, you know, rampant. And you go, "Ah, I think I would have come into work next year. Maybe we're not on the right team. (laughs) Maybe God wants us to calm down with our Navy. Yeah, I think, like, if, if a lightning bolt struck this podcast, I'd take it as a sign that we should stop. Because someone somewhere isn't happy with us. Also... Just think about this, Portsmouth mm. at the time. It was one of the like most important cities in the country. Yeah, Portsmouth, Bristol. Have you been there lately? Yeah, I've gigged there. It has not aged well. No. We need to make the docks important again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Portsmouth is struggling. Wait, wait what, who do you want to go to war with? It would have to be an island-faring nation. Okay. Guernsey. Guernsey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't Guernsey ours? No, it's, it's Tax Haven. Is that Guernsey? Yeah, it's a Tax Haven. It's a place you go when you have your money and you realize that you spend it better than go- the government. Yeah, because everyone's got like a Porsche there, but they have a speed limit of like 20. So it's just like rich people driving around slowly. I think that's true. If it's not, it's like whatever. I'm just going to check out their population, see how hard it would be. Brad, you're not talking into the microphone. Okay, I'm, no, I am now. Population of Guernsey is 63,385. They do not stand a fucking chance. Yeah. People of Guernsey, watch your backs. I went to Alderney once. You ever been to Alderney? No. It's an island know. off the coast of uh, this island. <laughs> okay. Wherever the fuck we are. Yeah. Here's the thing about Alderney. Mm. It was occupied by the nazis mm. during the war yeah yeah this is a british island british people live there occupied by nazis during the war you got to think there must have been all the like there's a lot of neo-nazis yeah well they weren't neo-nazis there's just nazis in the uk right yeah yeah, yeah. who what, what was the fascist party again who was the leader of that oswald mosley do you think they were like oh man i wish we were an alderney 
<laughs> they get to be ruled by Nazis, yeah, yeah, and we have yeah, to be yeah. ruled by democracy. Yeah, this by, sucks. By Winston Churchill's a cuck. <laughs> yeah, sure, Winston Churchill's doing some awful things, but I want more awful things happening in the government. I'm Mosley. Yeah, do a little life raft out there. How did Mosley die? I don't know. He was in prison for a bit, which he should have been, and he was married to um, the Mitford lady. They had an affair. She was married to the Guinness heir. And they had an affair, and then she got married to him. Their son is the head of the F1, or the ex-head. Do you know Sir Max Mosley? He was the one who got done having the Nazi orgy. What? Yeah, so the F1 guy, he was either the head, he was big in F1, he's called Sir Max Mosley or something. He is Oswald Mosley's grandson or son, I can't remember, I think a grandson. But he got done <laughs> having by, by one of the tabloids. He got loads of prostitutes and he dressed up as a Nazi and they all had sex, allegedly. I would say he didn't dress up as a Nazi. Mm. He just wore his clothes <laughs> and fucked prostitutes. They were his pajamas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dressed up as a Nazi is implying he's not a Nazi. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's so the family's still alive and kicking. Um, <laughs> many a throwback. When he died, his family said they received many messages of condolences, but no abusive words. All that was a very long time ago. Mm, there was no Twitter back then. Yeah, yeah, because if there was Twitter, people would have remembered. Yeah, 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 yeah. What were they called the Black Shirts? Was his group called the Black Shirts? Yeah, that was the, the name of them. And they did like, but they do like dumb marches. I remember they think they did a um, march where um, they like walk down the streets in London and they end up getting fucking they all end up running away because loads of like Jewish people turn up and threw rocks at them and stuff and they're like oh, this hurts good let me be racist in peace <laughs> <laughs> I want to be peacefully racist yeah stop hurting me um oh he had Parkinson's disease uh, that's a painful one mm-hmm. yeah good disease for a fascist I think yeah well I don't know. Everyone's got their own opinions, Bobby, don't they? <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, so he was married into the Mitford family, which is an intriguing family. I'm obsessed. You know about Unity Mitford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unity Shh. Mitford is a story that I think no one knows about. And it's so... I don't know how there hasn't been a film yet. Unity Mitford was a young British girl mm-hmm. who got obsessed with Hitler, flew... <laughs> <laughs> flew to Germany, lived in Berlin yeah. in the 30s. yeah. Trying to meet Hitler, managed to meet Hitler, but he wouldn't fuck her. So she just fucked all his high-ranking Nazi friends. Then, when World War II started, she felt so conflicted about the war, she shot herself in the face, survived. Hitler paid to have her flown back to the UK, like the day before World War II started. And then she lived ten more years. And there were rumors that she was pregnant with Hitler's baby, but I don't think that's true. No, no. And they were such a big family, a famous family at the time. So it's kind of like J.K. Rowling's daughter moving to North Korea because she she, she fucking wants to have sex with Kim (laughs) Jong-un. It's insane. (laughs) It's mental. (laughs) Like, like it's not just like, because we think, oh, yeah, Hitler. It's like, no, no, no. It's a crazy thing to do. But imagine if I moved, if I moved to any country right now, I like... And said, I'm going to move there and meet the leader of that country, regardless of time period or economic status. That's really fucking hard to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
No, it is. <laughs> like, it's impressive she managed to befriend Hitler. Well, they were a high-powered family. It's not like, you know, someone from... It's not like Joey Essex. <laughs> <laughs> it's a proper, like, you know, English aristocratic family. Um, but uh, the the whole family was, was very interesting. Because, like, one was a communist, one was far-right, one was proper far-right. <laughs> so far-right she wanted to have sex with Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's as, probably as far <laughs> as you can get. But they wrote some good books, and uh... actually, I think the farthest you can get mm. is if you're like, I'm not gonna fuck Hitler, that liberal cuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you go further than that. Not wanting to fuck Hitler because he's a liberal cuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Do you know what you're drinking right now? Fanta. Do you know who invented Fanta? No. Red. The viewers have all figured it out now. What? That's a drink. Invented by Nazis. Was it? And that's what you're drinking on the podcast. What, Fanta's invented by Nazis? Is it really? While you sit here and defend Nazism. Wait, so I didn't know that. Is that actually true? Yeah. So during so World it wasn't War... all bad. They, all they, no one ever talks about that. The media conveniently brushes over that point. During World War II, mm-hmm. the Coca-Cola factories were in Germany, but because of the restrictions, obviously Coca-Cola could not import Mm-hmm. Their products into Germany. I love it. Wasn't even a moral thing. It was no. logistical. It was. A we business. can no longer get our drink to the front line. <laughs> so the Coca-Cola factories in Germany just had to work with what they had, mm-hmm. and because of the war, they were low on some products, and they came up with Fanta. Okay. Was it because this is no sugar Fanta? Was that? It was obviously sugar Fanta. Does that they didn't get me start off? with no sugar Fanta. <laughs> so I'm drinking no sugar Fanta. Yeah, but so you're drinking was... a drink inspired by a drink that made the Nazis happy. Okay. <laughs> that came out of my fridge. So what does that mean? It means that you're the pusher. Yes. <laughs> you hoard Nazi inventions and push them on people. Yes. Okay. It was an invention by Coca-Cola, which... If you probably averaged all the diabetes deaths from Coca-Cola over the last hundred years, they might rival the Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) I would say there's a good chance they're in the millions. Yeah, but the people who died had a better time, I think. (laughs) The people who died from Coca-Cola, you mean? Yes, yes, yeah. Well, they did, but diabetes isn't a good time. You're down a foot. No, but it's better than the alternative. Yes. If someone's a diabetes or concentration camp, I'd obviously go diabetes. Yeah, at least you have to get some Baron and Jerry's and sofa time in <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on your sluggish walk to death. Yeah. <laughs> so I found a few people in 1455 yeah. that I found pretty interesting. There's a guy named Lorenzo Ghiberti, okay. who was Italian. Yeah. And he was, uh, he made bronze doors. Nice. Which at the time, there was a, a lot of need for. <laughs> now, if someone was like, I make bronze doors, you'd be like, sure you do. <laughs> sure you make bronze doors. Great. <laughs> Nobody needs a bronze door. No, it sounds heavy. But then, very exciting. Mm. You know, um, but he wrote a book called Commentari, mm. which was like, a, a, he wrote a book about his own art. Like, he wrote about his own art. Yeah. Which is a bit pretentious. Yeah, it really is. And then that book is considered the first surviving autobiography by any artist. Really? Yeah, so he started a horrific trend. Yeah, he did. He was like, not only do I make doors. Yeah. Also, they said artist. Where We would now say 
Yeah, that guy that makes doors. Yeah, the Ikea guy or whatever. Yeah, the door thing. guy, the door-making guy. He would have started Ikea now. And he wrote a book about himself before anyone had done it. He wrote a book about himself just about how to make doors. So at the time, the only books around probably were like the Bible. And he was like, you know what this world needs is a book about my life and doors. Yes. Lorenzo Gilberti. He sounds, he's got a name like a, a cheap cologne. I used to buy some hair gel called Alberto Balsamo. I think you just mean he has an Italian name. No. I, it's That's a, really what you're saying. No, is he I has don't. an Italian name, so it sounds like a cologne. It, just, it sounds like a cologne that was given an Italian name. It's made in Shropshire. But they wanted to go, you know what sounds good? Italian. That'll make it sound like it smells nice. But Alberto Balsami, I think it makes you lose your hair. But I mean, I do kind of thank him in a way, because I had a big phase in my life where all I would read is, read is autobiography. Yeah, me too. I read loads. I read Danny Dyer's. <laughs> Was it good? Yeah, it's quite good. I used to work at um, this place where they'd, uh, you'd order books and they'd send books. So it's like Amazon, but it was a small like family-run business. But one day I just saw this guy um, with a uh, truck load of... Um, Danny Dyer books. It was called The Real Deal. And he was dumping them in a bin. <laughs> and I said, I'll be having four of them. Gave a few out for Christmas and kept one for myself. It's one of the perks of the job. <laughs> but no, it was an interesting book. He told a story about um, John Terry, the footballer. And he said that he was in a nightclub. Surprise, surprise, Danny. And John Terry said, uh, was there with a load of Chelsea footballers and said, Hey, Danny, can I have your autograph? And Danny was like, oh, okay, I don't know why you would, because you're so famous. Write his autograph down and gave it to uh, John Terry, and John Terry ripped it into shreds in front of his laughing pals, threw it on the floor, and was like, why would I want your autograph, you fucking mug? And what did Danny Dyer say? I think he just walked away because he's, you know, not, you know. John Terry's a sort of medieval villain type. He's not going to fight a football team. No, he can't fight a football team. Um, there are also books... Um, Michael Winner, do you know how that is? He called his autobiography "Winner Takes All." Did but, he take, so he was. He, did yeah, he take it all? He, he had a good life. He didn't take everything. He's not Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like he's not fucking <laughs> Steve Jobs. But he he had a good life. I don't think. I think taking all of it. Wait, bit, who is he? I need to know what he did. He's before. an old English like. What would you? How do you describe him, Jody? He was a film director. Film director, but he's also TV. He used to do. He was one of those guys who got to the age where it's like, I don't make films anymore. I just like walk through a park, like on television, talking about it. You know, is that right? Didn't he do a few programs? Michael Winner on Egypt or something. Yeah, and he just turned up on like as a talking head, as the kind of a like posh English bloke. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, he didn't take all of it, is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, so he was. I'm sorry, I'm deviating massively off the point. He was. Um, he's the result of of your man Alberto Balsami. <laughs> Balsami. <laughs> No, Lorenzo Ghiberti. Sorry, Lorenzo Ghiberti. What was his book about? And then I saw a door and I thought, no, <laughs> I need to make a bronze one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Some, uh, and that was when I realized mm. I'm more of a door guy than a window guy. Yeah. Well, The Rock has that quote when he's like, when opportunity knocks, don't wait there, kick the door open. With this guy's doors, I would advise you don't do that, especially if you're not wearing shoes, because you'll break your feet because it's made of bronze. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> also, he wouldn't like his doors were like works of art. He doesn't want you to kick his door. No, no, you're fucking no, not, not a chance. You'll have a chapter about you in the book. That's just so funny, though. Like, oh, everyone's got the Bible about Jesus and stuff. 
I might make one about me. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> the first person to have a thought, and like, maybe the world would like to read the story of my life. Yeah, I was born in a small barn without doors. Yeah. <laughs> For my entire childhood, he yeah. was freezing. It's like, you read the one about the man who walked on water. Well, what about the man who made doors from bronze? One sec. Sorry. Oh, I thought Harriet might call me calling it. It's fucking 020 number. Hey, Bobby, it's Netflix. We've just seen your Kirsty Allsop video. We want to offer you a special <laughs> before you get too big Why am I online. being <laughs> I put energy into one thing. I try hard to do one thing and you mock me. <laughs> Back to bloody Lorenzo Balaccini. Well, we could have done a smooth back in, like <laughs> we never stopped, but you just made it bad. Okay. Well, no, that's a good smooth one, I thought. Yeah. C- keep going. Jody, keep all of this. I want them to see the truth of the behind the scenes and see how much work I have to do to keep this fucking thing on track. What was your favorite of the autobiographies you read? I always liked reading like musicians' autobiographies because yeah. they're exciting. I'd read comedians and musicians. Okay. I remember reading Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. It's just a huge book about him fucking a lot of women and life really working out (laughs) and like he's like a drug addict in the book who then stops doing drugs but there's not really any consequences no he just to that drug other than like yeah i'm doing heroin and i'm famous and i thought maybe i could not do heroin and be famous yeah 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 there's loads of people like that in famous sort of rock stars who are now teetotal and buddhists and they're like, you know, I'm just at one with who I am now. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Me too hasn't happened in music yet. Um, <laughs> but you're very enlightened about what happened. Yeah. And you're now clean. Yeah, they sort of slide through it. My favorite, I think my favorite, you ever re- you, there's a golfer, John Daly. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to find an excerpt from his autobiography. You had a computer game made about him, didn't you? Imagine anything more boring than playing a golf computer game. What are you talking about? It's well, playing golf's already like doing nothing anyway. Why make it even fucking less active? You can sit down and do this at home. I like playing golf computer games. I'm sure you do, Jody. Yeah. Because you don't have a thyroid. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows that. Jody doesn't have a thyroid and Red's really mean to him about yeah, it. Okay, yeah, that's it. I also can't afford to play golf, and Bobby never invites me to play golf with him. So no, he's very selective. You don't know how to play golf. Okay, I love golfing, but people who want to go golfing, mm-hmm. who've never golfed, it's a horrible experience because you don't know what... Like, I'm not even good. I'm no. barely good. Yeah. But then if people have never golfed before, you'll just, like, you can't be on a golf course just hitting balls in the woods constantly because then there's people behind you just waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's people in front of you. And you'll just get kicked off the course. And you'll be like, Jody, stop humiliating me in front of all my golf friends. It's not my golf friends. It's just a... They have a reputation it's in not the a golf reputation. course. It's not a golf reputation. <laughs> Jody, you're embarrassing me. Um, go on, then. John Daly, Bobby. I'm looking for a good uh, excerpt. Yeah, the famous golfer from 1455, John Daly. <laughs> Who was infamous for his contribution in the War of the Roses, actually. Um, that's where he started playing golf, off people's heads. Oh, I can't find a good excerpt. Anyways, his book is all just about drinking and fucking. Whilst being a golfer? Yeah. That's good. I want Tiger Woods to release an honest book about his life. Because he gets a lot of unfair stick. It's weird when like sponsors stop. Like It was like, oh, he's sleeping with 23 women a day. 
we at uh, uh, Ferrari can no longer back him. It's like, why? That's the best advertisement for your car ever. Yeah. You know, he's the best in the world of all time at something. God forbid he cheats on his wife a couple of times a day. Give the man a break. I think they felt bad for the wife. That was the She got four hundred and fifty million and probably now has a nice husband. I mean I agree with you, but mm. Mm. But I just don't see like let's not pretend that a lot so I'm, let's let's be honest, golf is probably watched predominantly by men. Yeah. Yeah, so all the sponsors that pull out aren't going to... They're like, oh, we've got to pull out because it's bad for the brand. It's like, do you think the lame men who like and watch golf are going to be like, oh, I love Tiger Woods, and then I found out he was unfaithful and had parties on yachts with 23 porn stars. It's It helps the brand as opposed to take away from it. This isn't 1455. Let's stop pretending we're all puritanical, weird Christians or Catholics. You know what I mean? Are you, do you think you'd ever convert... No, not at all. Not at all. For that very reason. Because um, you can't... Bo- wait. <laughs> you're saying the reason you wouldn't convert to <clears throat> Christianity or Catholicism <laughs> is because you wouldn't be allowed to fuck? I just wouldn't. When I rise to the top of podcasting, uh, the Tiger Woods of podcasting, and I crash my car and Rose is hitting it with a golf club at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> because of my yacht parties. I don't want my sponsors, who I haven't got yet, to turn their back on me. And act like sort of weird, weird religious people from medieval times. I want them to go, look, he's fucking good at podcasting. Let him do what he wants. Not that I'm going to do any of that. Rosie listens. I'm not going to do any of that. So, look, I can get as high as I want in this. I'm not going to be that person. But I don't blame him for being it. You know? Let him be Tiger Woods. So you're saying... Mm -hmm. That cheating on your wife is okay. No. That I'm saying if like you're as good as Tiger saying. Woods is at golf and he spent his whole life being six like from the age of six years old to whenever, and his dad used to use him as a cover to sleep with other women behind his mum's back, so he'd go play golf and his dad would like disappear behind a bush and shag someone. I watched the documentary on Sky, it's good if you haven't watched it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes amazing at golf, and he hasn't had any sort of, like, emotional development or anything. It's just golf, and then suddenly all the women are like, let's have sex. Have you seen that bit in the uh, documentary when he goes to nightclub with Michael Jordan? And he's like, how do you speak to girls so easily? He's like, mate, just tell them you're Tiger Woods. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. So you're saying if you were really good at something, you'd cheat on your wife? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I don't think it affects... If your main audience is men, I don't think brands need to worry that the men will stop buying the product because their hero in question is having giant orgies with really attractive ladies. I think, in fact, that probably boosts the brand. That's more of a negative comment on men and toxic masculinity than it is on myself. Thank you. What what a brilliant save that was. That was like when Tiger Woods hit that shot and it lands on the side. and goes, That's what I just did there. So, you're saying... Drink Coke. <laughs> Tiger Woods cheats, but not all men cheat. Yeah. So you're saying not all men. Not all men. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is, I love the press conference when he apologizes to all his sponsors and not his family. Because <laughs> they are his family. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry to Nike and, and Titleist. Nike, say what you want about them and their, you know, their, the factories that make the stuff. They never, ever turn their back on Tiger Woods. <laughs> And I can, they can only commend them for that. It's ethical of them. I wonder if there's still a Lorenzo um, Ghiberti door out there, if we could get hold of one. I think they're like 
in the Vatican. Well, we could try and get one because when your dog barks during the podcast, it's probably more soundproof than the door you have now, which is wooden. We, that's what we should get, Bobby, is a Lorenzo Giberti door. If anyone listening has a Lorenzo Giberti door... No one has one read. He, his door was called The Gates of Paradise by Michelangelo. Wait, what? How does that make sense? Oh, Michelangelo said... He, it all wasn't called The Gates of Paradise by Michelangelo. Michelangelo said these are the gates of paradise. That's quite a ringing endorsement. Yes. Yeah, we all try and get good quotes on our Edinburgh posters from comedians, <laughs> but that is... <laughs> Michelangelo called his doors the gates of paradise. <laughs> I'm going to read his book, actually. I heard it's a great book about doors. I think that's what I'm going to call my autobiography, The Gates of Paradise by Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah, he was trained as a goldsmith. I think that's... You have to have a certain confidence to train as a goldsmith, because really what you're saying is, I want to learn how to work with gold. You have to have some gold yeah, yeah, to yeah, learn yeah. to work with gold. Yeah, yeah. It's like so being like, an F1 driver. You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you can't like just be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work. I'm just, my dream is to work with gold. And yeah. then people are like, yeah, well, guess what? You don't have any gold. You can only work with gold if your dad works with gold. And it's the same with F1, because like, yeah. There's no, like, poor peasants who are like, someday I'm going to drive really fast cars that cost a million pounds each. Like, the entry fee is a bit high yeah, to get in the game. Yeah, of course. And so does it cover, Bobby, uh, when he went from being a goldsmith to a bronze smith? Because the, the, the doors were made of bronze. It's when you say things like that. <laughs> it makes me want to hack my own dick off. I knew you'd hate that so much. <laughs> I, I, it makes me think, could I hack my own dick off in one failed swoop? <laughs> That's not actually an expression. No, it's not. That was, that was a test. It, yeah, well, we, I passed it. Is it one failed swoop? One fell swoop, I think it is. Yeah, one fell swoop. I thought it was failed swoop. No, that's not. No. What's a failed <clears throat> swoop? That's probably you trying to hack your dick off and getting the tip and then, <laughs> and then bleeding out on the floor till Harriet comes a back fell and she's swoop. got to plaster it back on. So a fell... Yeah. Well, anyways, I start thinking, could I hack it off all in, in one fell swoop? Mm -hmm. Or would it take a few hacks? <laughs> <clears throat> all depends on the instrument you used. Um, or... If I used like a bronze sword, maybe mm. Mm. that'd be quite made blunt. by this goldsmith. Fifteen forty-five, the Mary Rose. Red. Fourteen forty-five. Wait, just start again because give yourself a breath in. Fourteen forty-five. Fourteen fucking hell. Fourteen fifty. I know. I'm aware of that. Fourteen. 14. I was just about to say it. Fourteen. 14. Say the year. I'm just about to. Okay. 1455. 1455. Yeah. Yeah. The Mary Rose. The Mary Rose. Sinks. Sinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're ruining the podcast. This is now the podcast. Oh, God. What tedious. Oh, God. What the year tedious. is tedious. The year is tedious. And you just lost 40% of our listeners, and probably if you do it one more time, that'll be 60%, and then it'll just be me and you talking to no one apart from Jody week in, week out. No one apart from Jody week in, week out. Tell us your story. 1455, The Mary Rose Sinks. Have you heard of The Mary Rose before? No. No, it's a very famous ship from this country. 
Uh, did you do a citizenship test? I'm not a citizen. No, and it, well, I can see why, because if you did, you'd probably fail, because you don't know key parts of uh, English history. But maybe after this podcast you will, if you ever want to take up a uh, citizenship test, you can do that. And Mary West will undoubtedly be one of the questions. So I might have actually just helped someone, they might have nearly failed tomorrow. Anyway, 1455, it sinks. French do us. Sinks to the bottom of the ocean off the Isle of Wight. I'm assuming everyone on board died. Um, it, was a, it was a great ship. It had a lot of good memories on that ship. A lot of people had a very good time on it. A lot of people didn't have a good time because of it. But it was found by divers in 1971, mm-hmm. and they spent a 10-year mission to uh, bring it back to the surface, just what they could of it. One of the divers who came along for the, the party was, um, was Prince Charles. Did he got dive down to the ship? He got to dive down. So can you imagine you spend your whole life as a diver, and then there's like you know twenty jobs given out for this big mission, and they go yeah we're gonna have Prince Charles he's never probably done this before in his life, just fucking around with a snorkel while you're all carrying massive, massive bits of wood up, but they found the remains of Hatch the Ratter dog, it was a terrier and whippet dog, crossbreed and it spent its short life on the Mary Roads they found its remains. The skeleton. It was used to kill rats on the ship. Based on DNA work performed on Hatch's teeth, he was a young adult male, 18 to 24 months old, with a brown coat. Hatch's skeleton is on display in the Mary Rose Museum in Portsmouth Historic Dockyard. I feel like that would just make people sad, though, because you think, oh, some people died, and then people usually just hear that people died, and they go, oh, they died. Mm. But then we hear a dog died, I think, wow. War is bad. Yeah, war is terrible. But can you imagine being on that ship and going, oh, we're going to war, we're going to war, and then being like, oh, actually, the only one anyone's going to remember is this bit of wood and this fucking dog. (laughs) Shows how uh, shit life is and how you don't need to care about the small things because at the end of the day, you probably don't matter. What's crazy is sometimes uh, they'll find, like, fossils Mm. in... uh like old lava mm-hmm. you know like lava will have covered yeah, someone like, yeah, yeah. and then they can find it'll fossilize it for like millions mm-hmm. of years so it kind of makes me think like well if i want to be remembered i don't have to do great like work no i don't have to treat anyone well i don't have to carry on my legacy i just have to jump into a volcano yeah yeah well- and then in a couple million years whatever <laughs> creatures are rooting around would be like we've discovered a species yeah 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 and i'll be the representative <laughs> for this species <laughs> if i can make sure i'm fossilized and maybe they could bring you back to life as you've always so dreamed of that would be that maybe that's the best chance i have at being cloned yeah it's just fossilizing myself until the technology exists. I think it's a great message in what you think is important, isn't Because when this podcast eventually sinks, we like to think it would be me and you and the content that was remembered. But it could just be these armchairs and the skeleton of your dog who has done nothing but try and derail this podcast since, since we started it. <laughs> it's, it's not a helpful dog. No. We have to address uh, a controversy, an online controversy. 
Um, we've been accused of spreading misinformation, like all the big podcasters in the world, we've been accused of spreading misinformation by a, a museum for a dead ship. Okay, so when Red says we, <laughs> what Red means is red. Yes. So we were doing the year 1455, and Red most very confidently did a whole segment about how in 1455 the Mary Rose sunk. Yeah. Henry VIII ship. Yeah. We didn't think about it, the fact that we had done 1547. Yeah. And that was when Henry VIII was in power, and this was 100 years before. We didn't, that didn't come into our minds at the time. No. Uh, but the Mary Rose, a dead ship, has a Twitter account that has a lot more followers than I do, which is depressing. Yeah, it is. It's depressing to find out that a dead ship is killing it on Twitter. Yeah. And you're not. Um, so, anyways, we tweeted the episode description for 1455. And then the Mary Rose replied and said, are you sure that the Mary Rose sunk in 1455? And I definitely was not sure. And then once I Googled it and found out that it was 1545 and Red is, in fact, an idiot. (laughs) Well, yeah. But, But you didn't give in. I didn't give in. They went for us on YouTube as well. I said, show us some evidence. I told them about my degree, and I said, what qualifications do you have? She said, I've run the Mary Rose Trust for 40 years. And I still wasn't convinced. I said, well, show us some evidence then. She sent me uh, a picture on Twitter. It was a painting of the Mary Rose sinking. Uh, I went through the archives, found my own bit of evidence, which I'll put on our Instagram, at the Pod, And it was a picture of uh, the Mary Rose sinking in 1455. Some people say it's doctored. I think you can make your own minds up with the evidence presented by me and the Mary Rose Twitter Museum. Um, Red, Red drew a picture of a ship and wrote 1455 on it. Well, there was a man on the ship going, ah, we're sinking, which is, I think, I think is enough evidence. She sent me a picture, so why is hers any better? Anyway, we had a bit of a tit for tat. They put me on their Instagram page, shaming me. Um, so I'm now at war with um, a lady who runs the Mary Rose Trust Museum. For four decades. <laughs> Do we know her name? I don't know. I don't even know if it's a woman. I don't know why I've assumed it's a woman. Wow. I know, that's bad. But anyway, um, so wow. yeah, me and the Mary Rose are uh, in, a, in a blood feud. And uh, there can only be one winner. And it hasn't been resolved yet. The winner is the Mary Rose. <laughs> the loser is us. Though I do want to... I am a loser because of you. Can I confess something? Yes. So... I know this is a comedy podcast, but I Red's also about to tell us all he's a pedophile. I know, no, I also, I also want people to learn. So I did that on purpose to see if any of our listeners would point out I left this little trap, and they did. And so I'm glad. I'm proud of you, the listeners, for knowing your stuff. It wasn't the listeners; it was the Twitter account of the Mary Rose. No one else knew. It's weird that she went for us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. She could have just pointed out there was a vendetta there, wasn't it? I don't think it was a vendetta. I think it was... Listen, if you work at a museum for a ship, there's only so much you have to do every day. And once 11.30 a.m. comes, you've done your things. (laughs) And you go on the internet and you think, well, 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 if there's one thing I know in life, it's when the Mary Rose sunk. That is the only thing I've known for 40 years. And this don't know my man, kids' birthdays. This disgusting and this person, we don't actually know if they're a man or a woman. 
this person knows historians. They're in the world of historians. She works and in the gift shop and has a laptop. There's some bloated. <laughs> oh, come on. Mustached. <laughs> imposter. <laughs> claiming a ship sunk a hundred years before it did. The thing is, in those times, a hundred years was the difference. It's all, it was like four Four centuries where there's <laughs> no you difference. the difference. There is, is the no day. difference. It's not like I said that he had a fucking iPad on him. You know what I mean? It's just the same thing for like four centuries. Okay, but in this episode, so 2010, mm. are you sure everything I'm that almost you are going to say happened I, in 2010? And let's just say if I get it wrong, maybe I'm laying a little trap as a fun, you know, test for the listeners so they learn some stuff. It's funny that the Mary Rose quickly, uh, final thing on that, she, she messaged me going, uh, I said, oh, you know, what are your qualifications? And I sent a picture of the, my evidence of the boat and the man going, ah, we're sinking with the date written on the boat. And she said, oh, at least you're joking. You'd be surprised how many people I have to deal with that aren't. So I don't know if this woman spends her days. Just you don't arguing. even know it's a woman. I don't know if this person spends her days arguing with people who get the date of the Mary Rose wrong, but maybe she does. Um, the person does. There's some real inherent sexism here. No, I don't know why. I'm just stuck you in my head. You assume it's a woman because it's an annoying person. No, I assume it's a woman because I think Mary Rose, I maybe, you know, but that's why I've associated it. You think this woman is the ship embodied into a... Yes. A person. The thing is, if it's a man... You'll fight him? No, he's killed people. Without a doubt. No. If, if a man dedicates his life to a ship... Here's what's and works in the gift no, shop. He's killed people. No, stop slandering the Mary Rose. We are in the history world now, right? You can't slander our peers. They're our competitors. No, they're not on our a quest for the truth. Well, they're really taking a, a like leaps and bounds ahead mm. of us. So here's what's going to happen, Red. You've made quite a few mistakes on this <laughs> podcast now, and you need to be punished. Okay. You need. There has to be some punishment. Or else you call. You got everyone to write in about my appearance. We've yeah, already that done was that. your idea. It wasn't my idea. But we've so already done that. You convinced me that a a a sword was a tinsel. Yeah. When a- it, another trap. No, when it's a foil. I you, hide little tricks for people. So okay. Here's what's happening. When we go to on my tour mm. at, to Portsmouth yeah. in the third week of March, we're going to the Mary Rose Museum. Yeah. And I want to see the evidence. No. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You are going to apologize. <laughs> to the to gift the, shop. To the gift shop. Okay. To the museum. Okay. You're going to make a donation. Yeah. What so for? that what, so the ship can sink again? Because if it wasn't for places like this, history would be dead and we wouldn't be able to do this podcast. Mm, okay. So... I'll go and apologize on the deck. I'll walk the plank, the broken plank of the Mary Rose. I don't think they probably let people on the plank. I feel like the wood wouldn't be that sturdy. <laughs> but we can push you off a building. That's the same as walking the plank. <laughs> no, that's horrible. <laughs> we'll, you're going to be punished. No, the Mary Rose, not ISIS. This is an ISIS punishment. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, but so 2010, in my, uh, in my research, I found out that on February the 10th, the Australian government is hit by cyber attacks from the freedom of expression activists following recent Australian pornography restrictions. So mm-hmm. a group of hackers, they hack into the uh, Australian government's uh, internet system and computer system. They hack into it and close it down for 50 minutes. Wait, uh, you're telling me a group of hackers a, hacked? A group of hackers hacked. But they're doing it to protest because the Australian government were trying to bring in porn filters 
to sort of like sanitize porn and put restrictions on what you could watch. You mean filters like when you're on Snapchat or TikTok and they put like bunny ears on you? No, like not the filters like that. No, was like we want everyone in porn to be bunnies. No, no, what they were saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if we are going to make porn in this country, we want it to be bunny porn. <laughs> put on a little bushy tail, put on some cute ears. <laughs> And fuck, that is the Australian way, mate. I don't know how they talk. Yeah, they do say mate. But no, they were they wanted to like clean it up, so there was like less hardcore stuff and stuff like that. And Wait, lo- what did they want to get rid of? I want to know if I would have been one of these hackers. Oh my god. Okay, so they promised an internet filter which would block list uh, block a list of banned websites, including child abuse material and pornography. So obviously, the child abuse one. Why are great. we grouping those two things? That's yeah, I know, same. completely what an different. Insane thing to group together, completely like fun loving porn and child abuse. Yeah, exactly. So they wanted to sort of stop porn, and they're grouping it with that. But this, I is... like the idea that the hackers were like, "Listen, we don't care about the porn, but we would like to maintain our <laughs> child abuse." No, I think there was probably a lobby for that, but I also think there's a lobby for the other thing. Like, you can't, you know, we're adults. Don't try and restrict what we yeah, can watch. Yeah, we want to watch people pee on each other. Let us watch people pee. Yeah, why is that any of your business? I pay my taxes. This is what Australian sex industry uh, thought was too too far with porn. Oh, we're back into it already. Yeah. Australia's sex industry claims pornographic films are being rejected by censors because they star small-breasted women who could be confused as minors and appear underaged. So <laughs> women with smaller boobs, the Australian government like, no, because there might be men out there pretending they're little boys, and we're not having that. I really do feel like both sides are right in this yeah. scenario. I feel like that might be what's happening. And also, I don't know if you can legislate against that. There was this lady online, and she had a thing where she was like three foot ten. Yeah. She just stopped growing when she was ten mm-hmm. um, because of a, a gland issue. Yeah. Where's this going? <laughs> the problem is she's now like 30. Yeah. But she looks 10. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. And yeah. then... It's hard for her to date because the thing is, anyone who really wants to, anyone who's like, I am so attracted to you, you're like, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm actually the girl you want me to be. <laughs> <laughs> she can't go on like dating apps. No, you got, oh, you got a question because she, but also she can't go out with the ten year old either. <laughs> well, yes, we all know that, Fred. <laughs> so she goes out with a pedophile or becomes a pedophile. Those are her only options. That's terrible. <laughs> That's so bad. Think- what what a horrible bind to be in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not good. Like, what would you do if you looked 10? I'd join a 10-year-old's football team. <laughs> and then I'd be fucking great, and I'd sign a sponsorship with Nike. And they'd be like, this guy's amazing. No, I'd become a boxer, actually. <laughs> and I just beat. smash people up, <laughs> and then eight, and then and when it started to grow, about fourteen, when people could start beating me, I'd retire, and then make a Netflix doc. What happened to the great prodigy? I went. I just didn't fancy anymore. <laughs> I would know. just remain fourteen forever. Coolest kid in school. <laughs> I think I would. Um, if I just today looked ten, yeah, I think uh, I just live my life. What, how? I would treat you to go. No, I just live my life. Instead of people thinking you were stolen, they think you I'd were I'd get lost. on the tube and people would be like, Are you okay? And I'd yeah. say, I'm fine. Why are you asking? <laughs> and they just think, That's a really mature 10 year old. And I just walk around. Yeah. In every interaction I have, I'd leave and people would smile and say, That kid knows what he's doing. Yeah. And if another 10 year old ever tried to bully me, yeah. I would thumb their eyes. 
because they'd be like, I'm going to push you and call you a loser. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to thumb your eyes and bite off your nose. I'm in this to win, kid. <laughs> Funny thing is, is you wouldn't be that gifted a 10 year old. <laughs> it's not like you'd be a piano prodigy or like a, a maths guy or anything like that. No, that I peaked really early, actually. Yeah. I, when I was 13, I remember they gave me all these tests, mm. like, like, into, like, for my intellect. Mm -hmm. And on all the tests, it was like, you read at the same level as the average 32-year-old. Okay. Which, when you're, like, 12, you're like, I'm wow. a genius. Yeah, I had that. But I haven't gotten any faster no. in 20 years. So now I'm 36 mm. and just behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be so shameful. Pretending to be 10 or looking 10 but actually being 36 and then going and taking like 11 plus and just getting a fine mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobby's kind of smart. <laughs> Nothing exceptional. <laughs> but so these guys, what I find funny about it is clearly a load of men got together and were like, you cannot take away our porn. But they obviously didn't frame it like that. You know what I mean? Like no, they frame it as a, what I assume a freedom of yeah, expression. Yeah, yeah. Like, first they do this. This isn't about the porn, honey. This is about... The rest of it, it's about our children and and rights, you know what I mean? It would have definitely been a slow, sad, pervy old dads who have, uh, who have a, a, a garden shed with no tools in it, if you get what I'm saying. And, uh, and they, they all start marching. You cannot take this away. This is a freedom issue. This has nothing to do with the fact that I like to watch porn on my own in my garden shed. This is about human rights. But they released a statement. <laughs> this is what it said. No government should have the right to refuse its citizens access to information solely because they perceive it to be unwanted, the group said in an email. The Australian government will learn that one does not mess with our porn. <laughs> 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 and they did learn. They hacked into I love all the injustices in the world, people dying, starvation, natural disasters, terrorism. Impending war. Impending war. Cancer. And then someone threatens to, to slightly restrict Australia's porn and they, they fucking hack into the government and shut it down. Yeah, but I think it's I think they tried to do the same here. Mm. They were banning. It was just very specific things They're like, well, you can't pee on each other. And it's like, but then they realized how unenforceable that is. Yeah, of course. Because you need some kind of czar who watched every porn movie and was like, oh. I see some pee. Yeah, yeah, Arrest yeah. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ban this video. There's no peeing, but... And then it just goes underground and gets worse. Well, underground. Mm. Where, where? How does the internet go underground? Dark web. Have you ever been on the dark web? No, never. I don't want to. What do you... Why not? Because I don't want to click on the wrong thing. Like, one minute you're buying some weed, the next you've bought, like, a handgun and, and, a, and an eight-year-old boy <laughs> by mistake. Yeah, the dark web <laughs> is... The dark web is the weirdest store mm. I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. imagine just walking to a store and you're like, you can buy weed. Like, I like some weed. Great. They're like, oh, you can buy uh, you can buy some liquor. Great. Do you want someone to kill your grandma? Wait, what store am I in? I think How I went down I the wrong it? aisle. Hey, come down this aisle. And yeah. You can buy Jeffrey Epstein's uh, videos, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, See what God. really happened. Oh, my God. Well, his mates just died. It's so sad. When they... Suicide, wasn't it? It's so sad that... Mental health is... You mental, talk to people. It's really <laughs> tragic that the people who are running these sex trafficking rings mm. and have the videos... And the all, links to all the really powerful people. Most likely having sex with minors. It's just so sad. 
that they keep killing themselves. I know. <laughs> Weirdly in their cells. And he had tried before. He just couldn't find happiness. No. <laughs> A tragic loss. Ghislaine's probably not slept in two years. Yeah. Gone, gone too soon. Well, their brother was complaining that they have cameras in her cell. Um, and he's like, oh, she's got no privacy. So I don't think she wants privacy. <laughs> she I really... think her brother doesn't really understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's happening? Hillary Clinton's got her cell key. On all... <laughs> this is for my house. This is for my car. And this is Ghislaine's cell. <laughs> <laughs> In 1977, the New York City blackout of 1977. Mm-hmm. A good name for it. Yeah, that is good. It, it lasted for 25 hours and resulted in looting and other disorder. Jesus. So just thought all the lights in, in New York stopped working. All the, the, the electricity was off and everyone yes. just, first thing they do is start looting. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a button switch or some technology away from just everything going to shit. Yes. At any time. Turn off the lights and everyone just becomes a thief, basically. <laughs> 25 hours of that. What would you what would you loot? Well, in this one actually, thieves stole 50 new Pontiacs from a Bronx car dealership. Okay. I mean, I at in 2022, I would not loot a 1977 <laughs> no, no. Pontiac. That wouldn't be great. What do they do with all those cars? That's fucking crazy. I so think you, you drive got... them usually. Yeah, but you've got 50 of them now. No. How do you hide that way? It's They're not just... one guy who stole 50 cars. <laughs> one guy didn't go there and was like, I'm going to steal all of these cars. Someone had a very fruitful blackout. <laughs> no, it was. I think it was 50 individuals stole okay. 50 individual cars. Okay, so we just came in and drove away with them. It was easier to steal a car back then, though, because you just changed the license plate. There's no, like, tracking devices. Yeah, you just go to another state. You drive the car to another state, and that car lives in that state yeah. now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's become tougher and tougher to break the law. Yeah, they really, you know... Thieves back then had it easy. Thieves now have to really yeah. think about what they're doing. What, what they're doing. And you'd probably do it cyber. It was the best way of stealing. Yeah. I don't know. But um, so that's crazy. I think I'd, I'd, I'd um, loot a jewelry shop. Really? Yeah, brick through the window, uh, in and out, load of watches, <laughs> bracelets. I didn't know you like jewelry so much. I don't. I just think it's the, the lightest, most expensive thing I could carry home. You do hate carrying things. Yeah, I do. I think I've probably said this before, but <laughs> when you helped me move, you helped me move, and I was carrying, like, a table, and you just walked out with two pillows. Yeah. Uh, whose pillows were they? My pillows. And whose table was it? My table. Exactly. So I think, uh, you know, that works itself out in the end. Um, I reckon you'd, what would you come back with? Some pot noodle or something? Two pot noodles. No, a car. You'd be like, Harriet, look what I've got. A pot if, I, noodle. if I could, I'd get a car if I could get a car. Yeah, cars That's are good exciting. It's it hard is. to loot a house. You can't, like, steal yourself a new house. Yeah, yeah. You can't, like, steal a holiday or, like, a ticket to somewhere. That's one thing that the UK has done that's quite sad is they've changed the squatting laws. Because I, when, I, when I first moved here, like, 11 years ago, it was amazing because people, really rich people, would go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And then they'd come back and a family would just be living in their <laughs> in the house, house and they couldn't do anything Change about it. My parents squatted throughout the 80s. Everyone did. And people could stay in like nice places. The 70s and late 70s. Everyone in London squatted. It was the funniest law. Yeah. Imagine that. They're just chesting doors until no one's home. You go, this is where I live now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, if you've got a boarded up house that you don't use, then someone should be using it. 
on an ideological level, I completely agree mm. with that statement. There should not be empty homes and people living on the streets. Yeah. As a homeowner. Oh, yeah. I very much disagree with these vagrants breaking into my house when I'm on vacation. Well, not many people know this about you, but your goal in life is not even comedy. It's to become a slum landlord, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I like the idea of having multiple properties yeah. that just pay me a bit. But, <laughs> pay, pay me a bit. You know, but the, but the reality you of that would be... You would refugees out in lockdown. The, it would be nice, though... I think what would happen with you is you'd have you'd buy six flats and then suddenly they'd be twelve flats. Yes, <laughs> that's how you make a flat valuable. Hey, it does have a kitchen. The kitchen is just also above the bed. It's called a ceiling kitchen. Your stove is on the ceiling. Don't you cook above you. Eggs falling on my face. Yes. <laughs> The bathroom is the hole in the ground. It's actually the bus stop. <laughs> and if you don't pay your rent on the first day of the month, you will be evicted. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, it's an exciting fantasy. Yeah, of course. Because the fantasy is always to get money for nothing, and that's what—that's the quintessential landlord. You're just getting money for having money, which yeah. is so, like, you hate it, but you want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, we all hate like Elon Musk, mm. but we also all want our own private plane. Yeah, that's true. But then when you fly on the plane, you feel guilty because you're hurting the climate mm -hmm. and you're... But I'm sure once you remember what it's like to queue at an airport, you get over that very quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is bad for the environment. Maybe I'll... And then you just look at Heathrow Airport and you're going... Fuck that. Yeah, I'm flying from my uh, own uh, airport. I am never, ever. That was the, yeah, I'm never, never flying commercial ever again. Um, but it's, I just find it funny as a society that literally the, the electricity goes and then everyone becomes a criminal. <laughs> like, they're probably just normal people. It's like, oh, the lights are out. Ah! That's all it takes for society to come undone. Yes. 24, 25 hours. I'm obsessed with this idea because I think about like the apocalypse a lot and mm. like if the end comes where am i gonna go like that's my mm. go-to kind of like mm. terrified thought yeah, and yeah i find it like exciting and i i can't get into my head that someday there's gonna be something like the, that the lights go out and i th i'll say to harriet this is the end we have to move <laughs> and then i'll go to a grocery store at 3 a.m and I'll start clearing off the shelves but then there'll be another guy there and yeah. we'll be fighting over a can of tuna yeah and you know I'll have to kill him yeah, yeah, for this can of tuna. And I'll, I'll kill him and I'll get the can of tuna and then we'll get back in the car and the lights will come on and I'll just be a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, it's fine now. And you go, I, I thought it was the end. And they're like, what do you mean? The lights just went off for two hours. I thought the world had ended, so I killed that guy. I just used a can of beans to crush his skull. <laughs> yeah, I, I caved his head in with a fucking can of beans. He was my doctor. I actually liked him. I knew him in the before. <laughs> I had to save my family. In the before I knew him. <laughs> he just came back and had police everywhere. <laughs> there was blood everywhere. I 
I didn't want to do it, but I had to. I just kept hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. And then the can, I hit him so hard, the can broke open into his brains. The tuna was ruined anyway, so it was all for nothing. Well, you didn't want to waste the tuna, so you gathered it up and took it home covered in brains. Eat this, wife and child. <laughs> I brought, Daddy brought home treats. It's the end. <laughs> We have to eat whatever protein we find. <laughs> Just all the lights come on. There. Right, you're going to jail. <laughs> no, no, I thought it was the end. I thought I could do whatever I wanted. I love, this is like half an hour into lights going off and you killed someone. I, don't, I really think that's of, what would happen. For a can of tuna. <laughs> but the thing is, if the, if the end has came, mm. kill or be killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't sit and wonder, oh, should I kill this guy or should I wait? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... That's... That's like my one conservative leading is in America they have like, you know, in some Republican mm. states they have the law like if someone breaks into your house. You can shoot him. You can shoot him. And I completely agree with that. If I wake up <laughs> and, and someone is in my house. Yeah, he's not barring. I'm not waiting around to see what they're up to. Even sometimes <laughs> people will get in trouble because they're like, oh, well, he shot him in the back. I'm like, yeah, well, guess what? I don't know what the fuck he's going to do. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if he's going to weapon. I would never. I'm not. You can't wait in that moment. You have that moment. You just have to. It's it's can of tuna time. Yeah, it's can of tuna time. I'm caving in a guy's head with a can of tuna. In front of my wife and baby. <laughs> the thing is, even if you're protecting them, I still think by the end of that, watching you panting and smashing someone's head in with a can of tuna, <laughs> Harry would still be like, I'm not sure I want to be around you anymore. <laughs> I did this for you. I did this all for you. No, while I hit the guy with the tune, I'd shoot. I I yell, "Shut your eyes! You don't need to see this. You don't recover the baby's eye. She doesn't need to see this." <laughs> and you know the baby, the baby start crying. Bobby, stop! Stop! You want this guy to kill you? Do you want Dr. Felston to kill you? <laughs> Mabel's first memory was you beating someone to death with a can of tuna. Uh, no, people are, people are shit. My, uh, was, my sister's husband uh, passed out on the train. He fainted. And he, what, what he came to and people were just standing over him to get off the tube. <laughs> like, like one person was like, are you all right? And it just sort of shows, doesn't it? Everyone Lucky just goes I wasn't insane. there. Why, why would I would have thought he's faking pockets? it and beating him with a can of tuna. <laughs> he's faking it to trick me and then he's going to attack me. Get him first. It's funny when you see that how people react to stuff. Just like when uh, like when I was in that fake terrorist attack when it was a, what people thought was a terrorist attack and it turned out to be a, just a massive misunderstanding. Wait, wait, can you, can you okay, backtrack? So I was, it was 2017. Oh. I was in Oxford Street. Um, and I walked, I was walking along and this woman just came running at me. She had blood on her face and she was like, run. And I looked behind her and everyone on Oxford Street, I think it was Black Friday. So it was rammed. Everyone was just sprinting like insane. And I was like, Ugh. so I, what did you do? I just fucking ran. But I was like, I thought, this did you run past the woman who told you to run? Yeah, yeah, we all just went for it. People like pushing each other out of the way. Yes. There's people in Choose Love t-shirts like kicking children out of the way. So, <laughs> so they can, but I, you'd like run past the Costa. This guy put a table against the door in the Costa so other people couldn't get in. 
So like 10 seconds before, he's probably talking about some ethical startup companies he's enjoying. <laughs> and then within, someone just goes, ISIS, and all that, that yeah, one yeah, word. Yeah. And he's like, fuck you, <laughs> save me. Everyone had, uh, just wanted to save themselves. I've never seen anything like it. You just saw what humanity was. Like we pretend we do the Olympics and have all these things and stuff, but all it takes is that and we're no better than hyenas so where did you go i ran up to the top of this building i went to the fifth floor um everyone's trying to jump in the lift and stuff like that people are like fuck off telling each other to fuck off because they all thought isis were coming so i ran upstairs and hid under a table went to the top the fifth floor but i was running with this chinese lady and she just stopped running and i was like come on we're gonna go my logic was being that however many bullets they've got the further i'm up the building <laughs> someone else will take the bullets. yeah and every time i ran past the floor i'm like right there's 20 in there there's no way you know it's terrible you could have went and tried to stop the terrorists <laughs> yeah, well we got police for that um, <laughs> so she was like oh, i can't go any further and i was just like why well, was she tired she was tired and i just went we've got to go and she's like no no more and i'm like so I, I left her. You um, left her? You're <laughs> such an imp. That's so cowardly. I've never met her before. That's so ca- That's so inherently cowardly. I can't believe your wife didn't leave you when you what told would you her have that done? story. I would have. I would have found a place for us to hide on that floor, you psychopath. I wouldn't abandon someone because they're tired of running so they can take the bullet, not me. You're such a sniveling little pig. Well, I don't think you would have. She, she, I gave her the option. She wanted to stay. What um, was the option? You said, I said you come up, carry on. I can't drag her and force her to you come with me. You could carry her. No. Um, I was three floors up. It was she was fine, and um... <laughs> you didn't know that though. You thought she might die, and you left her. Do you know what it's called? I saw it on a TV show. I think it's called like something like the slow the the the. I'm gonna look. I think it's called. Do you know what it's called? What? I th- what you did? I think saving it's called... your own neck. <laughs> no, I think it's called something like the slow being, piggy. Being smart, which is where if you you always just have a slower. Oh, slow pig... person with you. Yes. Yeah. So they get it, not you. The thing is, she was three floors up. I thought, look, they're going to massacre the first two floors before her. My plan was to like, literally be at the top of the stairs, like hiding with a fire extinguisher just to boom in the face. <laughs> and I, go, I have defeated ISIS today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest coward becomes the biggest hero yeah. in a twist that no one wanted. And then I have to do the walk of shame down the building through the bloodied bodies of people <laughs> who didn't make it. That's such a Larry David. So what you wouldn't you I but it's like come on like you know I wouldn't abandon someone cuz they were tired. We literally had never spoke. We met running up the stairs from Isis together. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there there was, was no ice. bonding and, and there was no Isis. So anyway, I go on Twitter when I'm upstairs and what you do now in a crisis. I went on Twitter and it's trending Oxford Street and there's all these sorts of things someone said a bomb had gone off. They said there was an active shooter. And Ollie Mers, the pop star, was in H&M tweeting about it, um, hiding in the basement of H&M. <laughs> He's like, we're being attacked by terrorists and everyone stay away from Oxford Street. So it was like, why is Ollie fucking Mers here as well? You know what I mean? He shops you wanted to be the most successful person. Yes, yes. I thought, and then now if he dies as well and I die with him, it's like, you know, they'll play his songs with a, on the montage of all of us who died. I know, just remain remembered as 
Huge coward, dead. I don't know, Jodie, would you, what would you have done? You'd never met the person, you're just running up. It's like, we get to the third floor, she didn't want to carry on, and I did, so, you know, bye-bye. It's not like I left my fucking niece there. <laughs> but that's... <laughs> what about, so you think, if if you were there on 9-11, the buildings are going down, you're a firefighter, you walk in, and they're like, there's people up on those floors, they need help, you'd say... Uh, it's a bit far up. I'm just going to run out of this building. <laughs> I'd say there's any lower floors. <laughs> exactly. <you're> at... <laughs> Can we negotiate? <laughs> you are you're inbuilt cowardice. No, no, no. We'd never met before. Um, and I just, I don't like, I, I wanted to carry on. She didn't. So it's like, come on. You know, I did say, let's go, let's go. But it's like, that's her choice to stay there. She was too tired to move, Red. I don't know. I don't know. But. Look, I'm sorry. Do you think maybe, though, she wasn't tired, and then she started to think, is this guy trying to get me alone? Yeah. This is the <laughs> she thing. thought you were this, the creep. Uh, that's why I think this happened. I was like, she'd rather meet ISIS than come with me. <laughs> but uh, also, it was, the, it was the month that Weinstein got exposed. So it was me, too, was all the, you know. <laughs> she thought, and so it's like, yeah, she probably thought, oh, actually, I'd rather meet the guy who's going to cut my head off than hide under a table with this creep. <laughs> So it's quite offensive, really. <laughs> but it was a hell of a day, and then the police came, and then everyone went, oh, wait, it wasn't a terrorist attack. So someone in Tottenham um, Court Road Station was getting off the tube. Two guys bumped into each other and started arguing, and apparently someone went, he's got a gun! And then that just went domino effect. Came all the way out of the tube, run, 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 all the way to Oxford Street. Thousands of people just because one person just shouted, he's got a gun, and he hadn't. But imagine being one of the guys and <laughs> go like, just because you have an argument with someone in the underground. It oh. is a, a crazy butterfly effect. Did you bump into <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, You're uh, a terrorist. Ah! I, I accidentally started like a fake terrorist attack today. <laughs> I feel like he could. Was he charged? The no, I didn't. He shouted, you've got a gun. He should have been charged. But I tell you, the funniest thing was walking through Oxford Street after because everyone was just like, because they'd all just ex- <laughs> realize the worst about themselves. Like everyone had like done something bad in that in that little spree, and it's like, hmm. <laughs> I would have beat a guy to death with a can of tuna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely would have. I'd find a hiding spot, and then someone would try to get my hiding spot, and I'd say, "That's my hiding spot." <laughs> you get the, Is that's... there any tuna? Do you have a can of? <laughs> <laughs> die! 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 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Piers Morgan jumped in and was like, you're such a fear-mongering idiot to Ollie Murs. And Ollie Murs is like, you weren't there. It was very scary. It was very scary. It you was, ran. It was terrifying. I was like, oh, God. Because, you know, it's one of those things you're like, oh, no, ISIS. Not, you know what I mean? Come on. Being in London especially is always a fear. And that was going on. That was like, there was like, it seemed to be an attack every month in that period around then, you know? Yeah. So, and people were like, you fell for the trick and you were one of the people who ran and, you know, you go, what, ISIS is famous practical jokes, you know what I mean? They're not famed for, like, pranks. Also, there, there hasn't been that many fake terrorists. No, attacks. no. Also, if someone runs at you covered in blood, because she obviously got knocked over by, like, a choose love guy. Wait, the woman... The woman who had blood on her. The woman you abandoned was no, 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 <laughs> different woman. Oh, she was long gone by the time... That woman was a survivor. She was bleeding, so I didn't want to be near her, because... They pick up the scent. Um, no, I'm joking. She she'd obviously been knocked over and like hit her face oh, in the in the stampede. But yeah, like if someone runs at you covered in blood, going ISIS, you don't go. Mm, I'm gonna wait around and see if you're telling the truth because this could be a prank. I get that. <laughs> so I got the hell out of there.
Thank you for listening to an episode of The Year Is with me, comedian Bobby Mayer, and my sometimes friend, Red Richardson. This podcast has been produced by our brilliant producer, Jody Vandenberg. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.